All right. Uh, as you notice on the date here on the uh, sheet you've received, 2013, I did this Bible study almost nine and a half years ago. I don't think I've done it ever since, and it's not a gimmick. It's not a scheme. This is not a health, wealth, and prosperity um, sermon like you hear maybe on the television. Um, but uh, thank you, brother. Um, but uh, this is... Uh, Something that uh, I, I used to have a flyer around that had this, but we don't have it anymore. But but these are the points. There's about 14 of them, so I'm going to zip through real fast uh, here today on the, the subject of how to have more money. Now, this especially is helpful for the American Christian uh, who has such a head start over almost everybody else in the world uh, in this area. But uh, first of all, we need to walk in wisdom. That's number one. We need to love wisdom, not money. Notice in the Bible, in Proverbs chapter 8 and verses 15 through 21, talking about wisdom, wisdom is, is, takes on personality. It takes on the, the personality of a woman, uh, a very wise woman. She's called, wisdom is called her, 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 all through the book of uh, Proverbs. It's, it's like... A wise woman, a wise grandmother or something. And uh, wisdom, speaking of herself, says in verse 15, By me kings reign and princes decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance. And I will fill their treasures. Okay, it's not only talking about spiritual riches, but substance. Stuff. I cause them that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. Durable riches, verse 18, and righteousness are with me. And so what we need to do is pursue wisdom. Wisdom, chapter 4, verse 7 says, is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. If you have your eyes wide open in this life, and most don't, but if you have your eyes wide open in this life, you will see that there are people who have had a lot of money, uh, but didn't know what to do with it, or how to handle it, and who lost a lot of money. They didn't have wisdom with their finances. I remember one man telling me that that uh, he used to live that way, and then he came to know the Lord as a Savior, and, and, and things changed in his life. He lost his job, and he ended up taking a job where he earned about one-third of what he used to earn. But he said with the Bible principles that he had learned and the wisdom that he had learned from the Bible, he had more 
with the one-third of a paycheck that he used to have than when he had the full paycheck without the wisdom of God. And uh, we need to have wisdom. Of course, wisdom is, is the fear of the Lord. And uh, we, we need to fear God and, and follow his principles. He's got a lot of principles, especially in the book of Proverbs, but all through the Bible, many of the parables, most of the parables Jesus spoke were about money. Most of them. And uh, the wise use of money. Uh, money is... Um, the reason why it's so personal and people don't like it being money is uh, uh, condensed life. That's what money is. Money is condensed life. Uh, when you, uh, if you, for instance, earn twenty dollars an hour, um, and, uh, and 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 so here's a twenty dollar bill, and the offering comes around and you put a twenty dollar bill in the offering. Uh, what have you put in the offering? You've put an hour of your life uh, in the offering. And that's one of the wise things about missions giving is that uh, you're saying, hey, those people are going to the ends of this world giving their whole life for Christ, their whole life for the spread of the gospel. I can give part of my life to help them do that. And uh, that's what this card is about. This card is about you putting a little bit of your life into the missionaries who have given their whole life uh, to spread the gospel. Life is uh, money is condensed life. Money is a barometer of the heart. Uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It 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 is a telltale sign of, of your heart and mine. Uh, it shows everybody what's in our hearts. Uh, I mean, if I go out and pay $100,000 for a new boat and then another $45,000 for a pickup to uh, drive the boat around and another 20000 for the trailer to put the boat on, you're going you're gonna to say, I think I know where that guy's heart is. Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. But in America, especially, you need wisdom, and you need to go to the book of Proverbs and read it all over again. It'll give you so much wisdom on how to handle your finances. And a person who has wisdom and a little bit of money can often go much farther than a person who has a lot of money and doesn't have any wisdom. Doesn't have any wisdom. Number two, serve God, not money. In Luke 16, in verse number uh, 13, the Bible says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will love the one, uh, hate the one, and love the other, or else he will hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It's not possible to serve God and mammon. That's a, a Greek word for money. It is not possible to do that. You cannot serve two masters. And so we need to serve God. The Bible says serve God. And in doing so, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Uh, you cannot serve mammon. Uh, you got to serve God. Uh, God takes care of His servants. 
If you serve God, you become his servant. God takes care of his servants. God takes care of his children. In fact, when the Lord taught us to pray, our, the first words are supposed to be what? Our God, which art in heaven. Nope. Our Lord, which art in heaven. Nope. Our Father. We are to come into his presence as a child, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy way. Name, give us this day our daily bread. You know, one of the delights of my life was especially when my children were little and to see their complete dependence upon me as their father. I loved it. They never worried about the electric bill, the phone bill, the water bill, the gas bill. They never worried about the car insurances or the car's tires or the maintenance. They never worried about the roof on the house. They never worried about shelter. They never worried about food. They never worried about drink. They never worried about education or anything. Not once. They had no worries because it was all upon their father. And that's how we're supposed to be in this spiritual family. Our Father. And when you serve God, whether it's a servant or whether you approach Him as a child, as a father, He's going to take care of His children. And as a servant, He's going to take care, as we serve Him, He's going to take care of His servants. He's going to take care of His servants. So it's wise to serve God. Live for the Lord. Number three, be faithful with what you have. In Luke, again, chapter number 16 and verses 10 and 11, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? And so this this little text right here, these three verses, actually 10, uh, 11, and 12, uh, teach us faithfulness. Faithfulness. Look, those of you that are young, uh, be faithful. I don't care if you're a, a... don't even have a job, and the only thing you ever get is birthday money, anniversary money, Christmas money. Uh, I don't know what anniversary money you get, but <laughs> but um, uh, if you just graduated from school and, and somebody gives you money or something like that, be faithful with that little. Be faithful with that little. Be faithful. Honor the Lord with it. Give Him some. Give Him the tenth. And uh, save some of it, and God will see you being faithful with a little And he will give you much, verse 10. Be faithful with that which is another man's, verse 12. Listen, if you work for a business where one of the things you do is use that man, that company vehicle, treat that vehicle like it was yours. Uh, Maintain it. Check the tire pressure. Check the the oil levels and uh, fluid levels and maybe wash it once in a while and And just treat it like it was yours. Because the Lord says in verse 12, If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Uh, Be faithful with your boss's lawnmower. Be faithful 
uh, if you work for a store or something with all the equipment in the store, if you rent an apartment from somebody, you leave that apartment better than when you walked into it. God will see you being faithful in that which is another man's, and he will give you that which is your own. And uh, so many apartment owners have such regrets uh, nowadays when, when people leave and they're bad tenants and they decide to bust up everything before they leave just to make some stupid statement. No, we should, be, we should do the Christian thing and uh, keep that apartment looking good and, and the yard looking good and, and, and taking care of it. And, and, and you can think of other examples here, but we've got to go on. But be faithful with another man's uh, stuff, uh, his tools, whatever you might be using. And uh, uh, God will give you that. He'll, he'll notice that. He'll notice that. Number three, make money with your friend, not your enemy. Now, that's a strange statement, but notice in verse 8. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, you may re- they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Now I will admit verse 9 is a very difficult verse to understand, nor do I think I can explain it completely. But it does say, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. Money should be our friend. We should never be in love with money. The love of money is the root of all evil. But it should be our friends. Oftentimes, money becomes a person's worst enemy. If they can't control money, if, and, and that money starts controlling them. You need to have a relationship with money where money is your friend and that money serves you and serves you well and doesn't destroy your life. Uh, I, I've had a few friends of mine, now this is extreme, but they, they, they got into such a mess financially, and these were just acquaintances I had in my past high school and stuff, where, where they just said the only way out of this is to blow my brains out. Uh that's how bad their finances got. And now that's an extreme. But there's a lot of people living in debt. There's a lot. Of, it's usually the, the, the main source, not always, but main source for marital misery, marital arguments. Uh, divorce is, is financial matters. That, money's not their friend, it's their enemy. Uh, you gotta, you got to lecture your money, and you got to say, money, you're going to serve me. I'm not serving you. You're serving me. You're going to help me. You're not going to hurt me. And you get control of your money. Understand, number five, that pleasure-seeking produces poverty. Pleasure-seeking produces poverty. In Proverbs and uh, chapter number 21, Proverbs 21 and verse number, uh, this would be a good verse for America, especially New York State. He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. And he that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. Um, a lot of pleasure-seeking people uh, end up in poverty 
because they pay a lot of money for their pleasure. Do you ever see how much beer and alcohol costs? Uh, just, just stop in front. I've done this before. Stop in front of a liquor store and read the signs for what like a liter of vodka costs or rum or, or um, tequila or something like that, and that's advertised all the time. And then do you understand how much money you can throw away on alcohol? And for what? Doesn't do you any good. Wrecks your life. Uh, kills your gray cell matter. Makes you all hungover. Uh, turns you into a, a fool. Alcohol has made so much... So many good people into fools. Uh, and that's just alcohol. Now, now we got uh, the geniuses in, in Albany have decided that uh, mobile app sports betting is what New Yorkers need. Well, that's what we need in New York to raise more revenue, get more tax income in, in Albany, is, is to gamble more. Uh, now, if you don't know this, let me just enlighten you today. All gambling is designed to do one thing, take away your money. All of it. All of it is designed to do one thing, take away your money, and make it theirs without earning it. That's what it's, I don't care if it's a casino. I don't care if it's scratch-off. I don't care if it's sports uh, um, app uh, betting or, or whatever, all of it is designed to take your money away from you and give it to certain uh, gambling owners who, who did nothing to earn it. Nothing to earn it. And man, the, 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 the alcohol, gambling, I call these societal cancers that are killing our country and our state, especially New York State, they're just, we, we got some geniuses down there in Albany right about now. And, and now, oh yeah, here's another one under pleasure, marijuana. That's going to help New York uh, out of its debt. We're going to put dispensaries up all over, sell marijuana. You talk about being a poor man, $100 an ounce. Man, I can think of other things to do with $100 than to go out, get a little bit of weed, smoke it, have a hallucinogenic that, that might even turn my mind, in some cases it does, into a psychotic or a gateway to stronger drugs. Uh, but now we have that in New York. And that's going to make a lot of people poor too. He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. Uh, so number six, be satisfied with what you have. The way to overcome the th lust for this pleasure-seeking that we see, this mad pleasure-seeking, is to be satisfied. Is to be satisfied. Have a contented spirit. You know, God can give you a contented spirit. You can be content in this life with a very little as long as Jesus is attached to it, you can be content with a very little. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, and here's the good part, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you know who God is? Pastor Ben just preached up there in in uh, Countryside, he gave us 55 names and titles of God today. 
And he didn't even get them all. Did you know God is our satisfier? He's El Shaddai. That's one of the Hebrew titles that he means, which means the satisfier. Uh, he's the one we speak about in Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, people who love Jesus can save a lot of money by loving Jesus. Because they don't need that, and they don't need that, and they don't need that, and they don't need that. They don't need that to satisfy them because they're already satisfied. And man, I've seen, I've seen believers in Christ start selling their boats, selling their RVs, selling their golf clubs, and, and there's nothing wrong with owning that stuff. But they just started selling it because they, they lost their love for that because they love the Lord now. And the Lord is the satisfier. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And he wrote that when he was in prison and had nothing except Jesus with him. You wouldn't believe how great Jesus is. To know him as your Savior and your shepherd is to bring satisfaction into your life so that your life can be, as it says here in verse 5, let your conversation be without covetousness. You know what covetousness is? It's lust. It's desire for what other people have. It's possible to live a life where you do not lust or desire what other people have or what the commercials and circulars say, you've got to have this to live. You can't be satisfied unless you buy our product. Oh, yeah? I don't know why, but I have never been in that Walden Galleria. Never been there once. Um, not saying I won't go, but I've never been there once. So it must be there's nothing in there I need to have to live. Nothing. Because I think I'm alive. <laughs> and I think I have some joy and peace and satisfaction in my life. But there's nothing in there. Nothing in there. Pleasure-seeking produces poverty. Be satisfied with what you have. Get to know Jesus. Jesus is enough to satisfy you. He's enough. He's enough. Watch out for little things. The little foxes spoil the vines, it tells us in the Song of Solomon 2 and verse 15. Little things, man. Little things nowadays are expensive. I mean, if you go and get coffee every day or go to the restaurant every day for your lunch break or whatever, boy, are you piling up a lot of money there. You could brown bag it, spend a little time fasting. All of us could use that probably. A little time fasting. Make your own coffee. I'm just, I'm just saying that there is just an excess in our nation about little things just gobbling up, just gobbling up our incomes. And then, and then we're left wondering, where's all my money? Where, where, where is it all? Watch out for the little things. Work hard. Proverbs 22 and uh, verse uh, 29. Um, let me find this here in a minute here. But I know there's another verse that says, in all labor... There is profit. 
This is not the one. It's just this one says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean or base men. Uh, that's called elevation. That's called promotion. Uh, a man who's diligent in his own business. And I, I'll tell you, in, in this day and age, anybody who's diligent can go far. They're looking for you. They're looking for men and women who've got that character, that discipline about them to work hard, show up early, stay late, do more than they're asked. You'd be surprised at how far you can go in this day and age quite easily. Uh, when so many have sadly been trained in their homes to be lazy, be couch potatoes, sit and watch TV all their life, or video games, or other mind wasters in that vast wasteland of nothingness that's called entertainment. But boy, somebody's got a little character and goes into a Dollar General or a, uh, something gets a job and the guy starts, whoa, this guy can work. I want to keep him. Or a girl or whatever. But man, that's that's that's... Work hard. God blesses hard work. God is hardworking. He's working all the time. Be honest. Now this is one that's a promise. What a promise. I want to read this to you. First Thessalonians 4 verse 12. That, we, that ye may walk honestly towards them that are without. That's outside the body of Christ, the unsaved. And that you may have lack of nothing. <clears throat> what a promise. God says, I will especially make sure... That men and women who are honest will lack nothing. Now the world says the opposite. The world says you can't make it without, without being dishonest or working under the table or cheating on this or that. That's what the world says. We're not here in church this morning to learn about what the world says. The Bible says. All right? The Bible says that you may walk honestly towards them that are without and that you may have lack of nothing. What a promise. You be honest. You be honest, and God says, I'll make sure, and God's watching us all the time. I will bestow favor upon honest people. That's what God says. And you'll lack nothing. That's a promise. That's a promise. Just put that in your promise book. Sell what you don't need. Pay your debts, number 10. Have a yard sale. Advertise. There's many outlets for that today. Don't, don't be a hoarder. There's no reason why a believer in Christ should be a hoarder. I'm trying to find a way that when the rapture takes place, everything's gone. All my money's been used in the right way, and the house is empty. People are going to go into my house and say, nobody lives here. Maybe become squatters. Take it over. Let them have it. I don't care. Let them have it. But I hope they walk into my house and say, what is with these people? Didn't they have a life? They don't have anything. My wife and I always compete to see who will throw out the most. Uh, she don't even like knickknacks. Knickknacks. A lot of good they are. Sell what you have, man. Live. You open up people's garages nowadays, and you you can get everything in there except your car. And uh, sell what you, what you have. Jesus said here in Luke chapter twelve and. And verse number uh, 33, 
Sell that you have. Give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, nor thief approacheth, and moth does not corrupt. Sell what you have. Have a big yard sale. And just, you know, pay your bills, pay down your debts, or invest the money, give to the poor, whatever. That's what the Lord's saying. Then seven, I'm sorry, eleven, save. Proverbs 11.16 says, Strong men retain riches. Ooh. Strong men retain riches. Strong men retain riches. All right? Weak men just start just spending it as fast as they get it. Have nothing to show. Quit being a weak man. Be a strong man. Be a strong woman. Strong men retain riches. They save. They save their money. Pray and have faith. Number 11 and 12 go together. They're in Mark chapter 11 and uh, verses 23 and 24. Pray. Have you prayed about your finances? You should. You should pray over all your bills. You should pray for wisdom, what to do with your insurances. And if you got some debts, if you got some... Pray about that. God can help you. God can even have mercy on you if you were dumb. Uh, God's shown a lot of mercy towards me because I was dumb. And uh, he's, just, he's just that kind of a God. And sometimes you just pray and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I got myself into this mess. Could you help me? That's up to him what the consequences are. But a lot of times he really gets sorry for his children and helps them out. Do you pray? Are you praying? Pray about your finances. Don't just depend on your prayer, your paycheck. Depend on God. God's a lot greater than your paycheck. And he says to us here in Mark chapter 11, verse uh, 23, <coughs> uh, 22, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Boy, is that like, no disrespect, but is that like talking to a kindergartner right there? Is that like God saying, here, this is real simple art. Uh, maybe you can understand this one. Let me read that verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, Jesus, whatsoever, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. It's either true or it's not. But it's true because the Lord said it and He can't lie. And so it's time to mix prayer into your financial life. And these things here, as I said, how to have more money, you can see how these work without being some scheme. You know? Not trying to take your money or anything. But I want to close with the last one, and I want to ask you to turn over to the book of Philippians. I do this every year, and I'm going to do this real fast this year before we take up a card collection. And maybe God, I know some of you have said, oh, I just forgot to put my card in. I know you've done that, you said that. And so this morning, it'll be hard to forget to put your card in when there's an usher standing by you with a basket. <laughs> and some say, well, I just do it all the time. We appreciate that. God bless you. Some of you have been doing this for decades, giving to missions. It's nice. 
to help us have the vision on how many more missionaries we can support. Uh, That's neat to know because almost, I I think last year, 97% of what was promised came in. Uh, Two years ago, I don't know about this year. But that's usually what happens. People keep their word. And God blesses them, and so many of them have testimony. So a lot have already given cards uh, this month. Maybe you haven't. But look with me very quickly at this. I think it's the greatest passage of Scripture. And and, and, and if, uh, Philippians chapter 4. And I call this the fourfold blessing of missions giving. The fourfold blessing of missions giving. I'm going to go real quick now. Blessing number one, verse 17, Philippians 4, verse 17, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Number one, it will bless you in the next life. God is keeping an account. And there's so many verses I could punch in right here that I just don't have time for it. Jesus said, lay not up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You know, there's people going to have more than others in heaven. There is. Heaven's going to be the same for all of us in some ways. The throne, the emerald rainbow, the river of life, the, the tree of life. And the, the, the bearing fruit 12 seasons and the golden street and the gates of pearl. It's going to be the same for all of us. But heaven's going to be different for all of us too. There's five R's, rewards, riches, ruling and rating, uh, radiance and royalty. Crowns, that's a whole study. It'd take a month to get through that. But God's keeping an account. And Paul says, I'm not trying to get money out of you here in verse 17. In fact, when we talk about this right here, you can ask anyone. Pastor Cole didn't get a dime of it. Not a dime. If you come to this church, you know I hardly ever talk about money, ever. You know that's true. Except for this month, one Sunday. And I beg, I beg you, to give to the missionaries. We just got, I should have brought the text up. Bolivia this morning, I got a text from a missionary that just said, you got to pray for us here. They got our city uh, fenced off. They're trying to starve us out. Uh, they're keeping us from food and water and gas and, and, and all they're trying to do is serve our Lord down there. And uh, these are people risking their lives for our Savior. Number two, it's a blessing to God. It's a blessing to the missionary. Number one, it'll bless you in the next life. Number two, it'll bless the missionary now. Verse 18. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. Notice the blessing to the missionary. Now over and over and over and over again, we send to the missionary. Why? Because that's the example Uh, that is given us in the Bible in verse 16. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity. We're following that pattern to this day. 
sending to the missionaries necessity over and over again. It's a blessing to the missionary. I, I'm full. I receive what, what was sent to me by Epaphroditus. Notice the third thing, and this is the greatest thing about it. The greatest thing about missions giving is number three, it's a blessing to God. Did you ever wish you could do something to make God feel good? Look what it says here. An odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, well acceptable, well-pleasing to God. That's the only time the word well-pleasing appears in the Bible. And every Sunday when you put your money in to help God's servants, those messengers that the Bible calls the glory of Christ, the glory of Christ, the missionaries. And every Sunday God sees you and I come in and give to the missionaries. It's a sweet smell, a sacrifice, well-pleasing, well-pleasing to God. I was made for His pleasure. So were you. Revelation 4.11 says that's why God made us, to give Him pleasure. And here's something that's well-pleasing to God. And then the last thing, it'll help you in this life. Look at verse 19. This verse is always taken out of context. No, this verse is in, in, in the context of missions giving, but my God, verse 19, shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So many can testify about that in this church and all over the world, that when they faithfully give to God's servants, the missionaries, God supplies all their need. And it just keeps coming back. And they end up with more the next year, and the next year, and the next year. God will not be outgiven. He will not be outgiven. What a giver he is. He that spared not his own son, but gave him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? He just keeps giving. And our Lord said it's more blessed to give than to receive. There's the fourfold blessing of giving. I'm done to missions. And we want to just have a little time of prayer right now. And uh, and I want you to think about participating in this. 694. She's going to play, I gave my life for thee. But the Lord, I gave my life for thee. What hast thou given for me? Of course, God wants our lives. But as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, you're praying. Maybe you're even asking about missions giving. I'm not trying to make, get you to make an emotional decision today, but a spiritual one. Maybe you'll fill out that card and put it in this morning or tonight. It's up to you. So a place for your name. Nobody's ever going to call you. Nobody's ever going to say, hey, are you going to give or not? Nope. nope. Just all between you and the Lord. Just helps us know the vision for the future for this year. But would you pray and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? I don't want the gospel to stop with me. I'm glad the gospel got to me. I don't know about you. I'm glad I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
But I've always tried to live a life where it would go farther than me. By the people I witnessed to, ministries. Trying to coach you all to, to witness to and be a good testimony, share the gospel. And now for 30 years, giving to missionaries, encouraging people, could you just remember the most precious people on earth, the glory of Christ, once a week. Could you remember them? They've given their lives. Money is condensed life. Could we give a little of our lives back to help them? I know a lot of you know this already, but some of you are new. We do this once a year. That's it. Just happens to be today. In the moment we're going to pass the plates around. It's between you and the Lord. But I'd like to pray. Our Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be like you. When we think of the most popular verse in all the Bible, most famous verse, the first words say, For God so loved the world that he gave. And after that, we could say that he gave his best. He gave his son. Now, I thank you this morning, Lord, because I've trusted your son as my Savior. And so many need to hear about him. Right here in Eden, locally, all of us being witnesses, soul winners, t- good testimonies, living good lives. But also around the world, we have some people willing to go. I pray for those in Bolivia. I don't even know who the text was from. They didn't identify themselves. All the violence there. The starvation. Lack of water. Lack of protection. Danger. Lord, please protect them. Help that nation. We've had missionaries come in in the last month. We'd like to support them, Lord. So, Father, I'm just trusting in Thy Holy Spirit. To work on our hearts in this matter, to make a spiritual decision, not an emotional one. And that you would be honored, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.